Hey, this is Carrie from Wrap Your Head Around Silks. This is the Expecting Aerials podcast, now with the Digitet Family Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well and happy Valentine's Day to all my friends out there. I hope you're having a wonderful start to your week. Uh, just before we get started, um, Silks One teacher training now scheduled for June 24th and 25th of this year. I'm going to be testing the format, so I'm going to slash it and do a big discount in person and Zoom hours. So it's going to be a bit of a hybrid, but we're going to do um, two days in LA together. So excited. If you're interested in that, uh, go to the show notes. Let me know by adding your email. It'll tag you in my system so I can send you notifications. And uh, yeah, and check out Wrap Your Head Around Silks. We've got a bunch of free resources for you there, including the mini course. All right. So today, so excited to have Sarah Romanovsky, a good friend of mine. She is now an aerialist based in Las Vegas, and she's uh, doing the freelance hustle and working along with juggling, having a beautiful two-year-old Zari. And her husband, Christian, is also uh, a circus person in MJ1. He's so talented. He was also on the podcast. I will link that. And also, Sarah's two earlier episodes, she was the first ever guest that I had. And then she came on to talk about uh, her big fall and breaking her pelvis uh, over 10 years ago. So here's Sarah, and we're going to get a catch-up and see how she is doing with mom life in Vegas. Let's get started. Podcast listeners, uh, this is Sarah Romnoski. She was the first guest, and then... Yay! Yeah, and then I had her on uh, again in the first season to talk about her injury about 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, I always love doing uh, check-ins with my closest friends. So Sarah lives in Vegas, and uh, she had trained me for a good number of years when she lived in L.A., and then she moved out there. How long have you been in Vegas, Sarah? Well, I first lived here in 0506 when I was a showgirl in Jubilee. And then Christian and I moved back out here together in 2013. So we've actually been well, we've been here, quote unquote, 10 years, but um, but we've both toured. We lived in Berlin for a while, but we've, you know, Vegas has been our home base for 10 years. That sounds crazy. Yeah, it's funny. I was at um, this park with Zari the other day, and it's right across the street from where we first moved into when we first came back to Vegas. And um, I was like, I've been coming to this park for 10 years. That just flew by. And yeah, I, that's yeah. crazy. Because I feel like you just moved there, but it's not true. <laughs> yeah. And I also, well, also, I really made a point of trying to come to L.A. a lot, visit L.A., see friends in L.A. So I tried to never fully disappear. But um, yeah, and it's up um, up the hill from that park is actually where Christian proposed. And I always love the park. And it's just a nice, like, family hangout spot. And I remember before we had Zari thinking like, oh, and we have a kid, we would bring her here. And there, there I am with her. So I love it. And to my listeners, I did interview Christian, uh, her husband, 
Um, I will link that in the show notes so you can so you can hear all about it. He's an MJ one. Mm-hmm. He he's an acrobat. He does tramp wall. He does rope. He's amazingly talented and so funny <laughs> of a guy. And and Sarah became a mom just after I did. Um, so Zari is her daughter, and she's now two and some change. Her birthday is exactly six months away from mine because I'm May 16 and she's November 16. So every six months is a birthday celebration and we always go to the same spot in the desert and we take a photo, the three of us. Christian and I always wear the same outfit. Of course, her outfit changes. And we started this the day before she was born. So that means we have what? One, two, three, four, five so far. Oh my God. That is such a cool tradition. Eventually. And it's, you know, cause you see me in this dress with this huge belly and then the belly goes away and then, you know, then the hair changes and <laughs> different stuff and she keeps growing. So eventually I want to have a book of just years of this. Oh my God. Christian, and I just can't, we can't get rid of our outfits. Hold on to them. <laughs> I hope they do well over time. They do. Well, Christian wanted to wear something a little more edgy the first time. And I was like, no, no, sir. <laughs> it was like a pattern. It was like kind of a loud pattern. I'm like, no, we are doing this for years. Like, please just wear a solid blue shirt and your little hat. Like, you're good. <laughs> no, no. No, no. And I'm glad I said something. Because <laughs> <laughs> now you're stuck. Now you're stuck. Yes, with it. absolutely. Uh-huh. So I had just interviewed Tanya, our... Or, you know, we're in one friend group to talk about kind of the hustle and bustle of L.A. And I thought it would be good to contrast that with Sarah's hustle and bustle in Vegas because it is hustling and bustling. Uh, so we're going to talk about, um, you know, the kind of the juggling the 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 baby situation with mm-hmm. her gigging. But uh, Sarah, it seems to me from a like an outsider's point of view that after the pandemic, there was a little bit of like getting the engine started, but, but you are just blazing right now. Yeah. I'm actually busier in Vegas now than I was before the pandemic and before baby. I mean, right before the pandemic, I was touring in the Cirque mm-hmm. show. And then before that we were living in Berlin for just over a year. And then there's radio city and stuff, but just in general, really getting into the freelance scene in Vegas, it like, took a long time just for people to like get to know me and think of me for things. And, um, but now I feel like I have my companies that I work for and they've been very loyal. And I feel like when things open back up, I'll say after the pandemic, well, I mean, I guess technically Biden announced the pandemic is over. So I guess the pandemic is over, even though COVID is very much still here. Right. Endemic. The endemic has started. Oh, is that what it's called? Okay. Yeah, that's what it's called. So, um, but I'll just say post lockdown, I guess, when everything was opening back up. Um, I just think people were so excited to come to Vegas because it's just set up perfectly for large groups of people to come. And so Vegas has been busy. It's been really busy. It's been great. Um, yeah. So I've been, let's see, I'm in a show at the beginning of this year. I was in a show, uh, sorry, this year, 2022. I was in. Yeah. Go back to that. Was it the show that you eventually ended up coaching at? Yes. Is that where it started? Kind of like when things started really picking up? Yeah. So like, um, this, 
This time last year, I had just left. There was a show called Wow in town at Rio that I was in. Um, so I left that show and then kind of just was focusing on freelance. And I work, you know, with a few different, there's a company in town that I do a lot of like, they have their freestanding rig that they usually put a hoop on and it's usually in a pool. So that's always a thing where I'm like standing on someone's shoulders or sitting on their shoulders and I'm brought out to the middle of a pool and I go up on the hoop. And um, there's another company in town where it's not aerial usually, but I do a bunch of just random stuff for them. Sometimes I'm talent, but a lot of times I'm managing for them. So like tonight I am managing for Elvis impersonators at Resorts World. Um Elvis impersonators are their own breed of performer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm wondering. sure. <laughs> so I feel like uh, like every week or two, you have a gig where you're kind of managing. Lately, it's been a lot. Yeah. Yeah, which must be nice because you're not having to be on stage, which I sometimes it's, you know, you kind of want both. You kind of want some diversity, right? Yeah, with this particular company, I'm happy to be managing as much as I am for them. Like, oh man, then I, I have a couple early morning gigs coming up with them this week. But yeah, it's random stuff. It's like diva dresses where the champagne is on the skirt. It's like living carpets um, where the runway becomes the model's dress. It's all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I've been working with them. And then um, I'm in a show uh, on average about three times a week, sometimes more called A Touch of Burlesque. So that's been really nice because that's been like my consistent performing thing since like September. And it's great because I don't ever do a full act in the show. It's just little pops of things. There are the dancers in the show that do the majority of the show. And then I'm the specialty person who comes in, do a little silks, little hoop, little pole, little dance, a little bit of hand loops. And yeah, it's just pops in and out throughout the show. It's really fun. I feel like I'm a part of the show. So there's another show in town that was similar that I was the aerialist for, but I would just do my act and be completely alone on stage and completely separate from the cast. But now I'm in this show where I feel like I'm actually like a part of the cast. It's more fun. I really like it. Yeah. And that, that started um, consistently for you this year. And then over the holidays, I remember you were doing an outdoor show uh, for just the holidays. I remember you telling me it was like freaking cold. In October, it was a Halloween show that I was doing for okay. the month of October on Fremont Street. Ah, that's right. <clears throat> so I was doing hammock and rope for that. So that was really fun. We just had one day where it got really cold. <clears throat> there was that day that that concert, the When We Were Young concert got canceled. And all the concert goers came to Fremont Street because they had nowhere to go. The sad emo children had nowhere to go. So they came to Fremont Street <laughs> and um, they supported our show. It was great. Um, but yeah, and then of course, like over the holidays, you know, the church gigs, stuff like that. There's a church in town that I always perform at every year. So that was fun. Okay. Like a mega church. Oh my God. You know, what was great about the church. Childcare was right there. So I would just show up and I would just drop. If, if, if Christian wasn't available, I would just take Zari to the childcare. They, and it was beautiful. It's great. Really lovely. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. So, okay, so Christian has been in and out of his show um, due to due to injury. But when you guys are fully going, both of you, uh-huh. which is now, yeah, 
which is now. Can you, um, I think this is like really interesting for our listeners because so many of them, you know, are doing that juggling. Like what is Uh a day for you guys? Like what is a, or a regular week, I should say. Right. So he has Tuesdays and Wednesdays off. Um, so if I get jobs, like a freelance jobs on those days, I always know, oh, we don't need a sitter. He, he has her. Um, <clears throat> if it's during the week, which his week would be like Thursday through Monday, the early morning gigs, obviously we don't need sitters. That's something in the evening. If it's, if it's during a time when Zara is going to be awake, we have a favorite babysitter that we always try to use. And, you know, she, her name is Lupe and she's Zari's favorite sitter and, um, she speaks to her in Spanish. It's really nice. Um, side note, Christian only speaks to Zari in Spanish. And so we're trying to raise uh, him bilingual. Yes. So we try to also have other people who will speak to her in Spanish. So it's not just Christian. But um, so, yeah, we try to use her if it's during the daytime hours. But when I do a touch of burlesque, it's an 11 p.m. show. I don't need to be there till like, I don't know, 10, 10, 15. So um, Zari goes down every night at 830. And then there's a sitting service in town called Five Stars. And it's really, it's only like 15 an hour. And oh, really? That's yeah. great. Yeah. And and they're all like super vetted. They all have, you know, the CPR certifications, the sheriff's card, the FBI background. They have all the things. And they have these long bios and you kind of get to know them. And they're great. Um, for the most part, we only use them for um, when Zari's already asleep. So when they show up, I usually have, you know, one of them come at like 945. Or a three-hour window. And I'd be like, you don't have to do anything. We just need a responsible adult in the house. You can sit here and watch television. Here's the monitor. Don't go in her room. She's fine. <laughs> and she just sleeps. So um, so that's nice because there's not... It, we can always book someone through that service. And it's nice that we don't have to rely on our usual sitter for that. Because if they're not interact, if they're not interacting with her, you know... It doesn't need to be our favorite person. Um, And then if it's something like, if I have something quick during the day, but it's not during her nap time, but I'm on my own with her, there is a place called Artsy Nannies over at Town Square. And it's just a drop-off hourly rate. Um, Take care. So it's really lovely for Nevada residents when the kid's over two, it's only $8 an hour. Oh, Wow. So I take bungee trippies across the street. So I'll literally, if I have a lesson, I'll drop her off, go across the street. The lesson's 45 minutes. I come back, I pick her up. It's only $8 added to my, you know, fee for taking the class. Or I just realized the other day, you know, there's a nail salon also next to Artsy Nannies. So same thing. I dropped her off, went next door, got my nails done. They did hands and feet at the same time, which I love. Done within an hour only added eight dollars to my nail fee so um yeah or if i have like a rehearsal I, I just we try not to leave her there for more than like you know two hours but um but it's just a nice option to have i feel like vegas is kind of friendly yeah. in this way surprisingly yeah. so you wouldn't think so yeah to be so kid friendly yeah we also have like so many amazing parks like we have so many parks that are big. We have the space for it. And um, that's kind of how we manage things. We also, we try to book like a, um, a date night once a week when we can. We just saw Moulin Rouge last week. It was lovely. Oh my goodness. Can I, listeners, can I tell you how like, I love <laughs> LA. I do not want to leave LA. I don't want to live in Vegas, but I have this video chat with these ladies 
Uh, so in our friend group, we're, there's seven of us and three live in Vegas and four live in LA. And the three that live in Vegas are like, you know, it's a busy week, blah, blah, blah. But I've got comp tickets to see the new show at the win this week. Uh, yeah. yeah. Next week I have comp tickets to Milan Rouge. And then also we're going to go see Mare perform at Magic Mike again because she's got an extra ticket. <laughs> and why not? We already have a babysitter. Like that life is not happening for the four of us. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just, the four you know. The four of us, me and and Rage. Oh, I was thinking you were referring to your family. I was like, is there a, a second child <laughs> on the way? <laughs> no, 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 no. Me and Tanya and Rachel oh, and Sita in our, versus gotcha. you and Leslie and 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 Mare, um, because that's the lifestyle in Vegas. You guys, you know, they're just yeah, yeah. You're an artist community, and you can probably get into any show you want and you get tickets kind of flying around depending on if shows are really light that night. If, if, if no, if not a lot of people have bought tickets that night, you can jump in. And so we definitely get a daily slash weekly view of what that, that lifestyle is. And it's, I think it's very different from here because um, there's just, there's just so much, entertainment happening on a weekly basis there yeah i'd be curious what like actually what number of shows are in vegas at any given time i know how many different productions and performances are happening and yeah for this particular show i really wanted to make sure that we had good seats on the day that i wanted to go so i bought i had bought these ahead of time um, as a Christmas gift, but I know we actually were able to meet up with Mare that night because her and a bunch of the Magic Mike people got comps. They were all kind of sat randomly throughout the theater. But yeah, it was lovely. We've been loving having date nights at the Smith Center. We've been trying to see, you know, the big musicals as they come through. We saw Six, we saw Jagged Little Pill. And next up, I think, is Mean Girls. <laughs> Okay, and then also um, Tanya will be returning to Carrie Underwood yeah. uh, in June, and I know when they were there last uh, last year. You know, you popped in. Mm-hmm. You and Mare both went to go see Tanya, and I think that you. I got a text during the show to see if I could cover. That's right. At another show, and yeah, so I missed the finale, but I saw the rest of the show. But I remember I was like sitting there at Carrie Underwood thinking I'm sitting here watching a show. And then as soon as the show starts, everyone stands up. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Is this a stand up show? Is this a show where everyone's going to be standing up the whole time? Oh, dear. I'm tired. I have a two year old. I want to sit. <laughs> I don't want to Right. Sit. And it was like more, it was more like a concert than a show. And I was like, of course it would be. Why didn't I realize that ahead of time? But it was great. <laughs> I just didn't want to be standing. We uh, video chat each other and basically the video chat that we have is you can just jump on there, leave a video and it just gets compiled and, and we just watch them. I, 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 I listen to them like a movie in my car, you know, like it's one after another. Yeah. It's like it's, it's like we have our own personal podcast in our friend group. And and uh, Sarah was like, OK, well, I am at Carrie Underwood, but I said yes to filling in for another artist at. I don't know. Was it was it Touch of Burlesque or something? This uh, that that night was fantasy. Yeah, 
fantasy at the Luxor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so she's like, okay, see you guys later. <laughs> I'm going to go do the show. <laughs> so th- that's, that's just such a different life than what we have here. And, you know, and I have to say in Vegas, does it feel like you're kind of your lifestyle with your freelancing? There's kind of the minority of the artists that live there. Or do you feel like that is very common? I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, in within my circle of people, like I like um, the other main aerialist at A Touch Burlesque named Brittany, she does like multiple shows throughout the strip. And, you know, especially if you're also a dancer, you know, there's just more opportunities for you. It's not the kind of thing where I don't I don't recommend people just like move here without something kind of already going on because there are so many artists here. Um, I remember when Las Vegas Circus Center first opened, it was like empty. I would go train there. This humongous, beautiful space. And there was like no one there now. Man, I I started teaching some weekly classes there and I walk in and there's so much to look at at any given moment. So it's amazing. There's auditions happening, there's classes, there's training. People are training, training crazy things. There's like an aerial piano and violinist over in the corner and there's um, Bonkeen and Russian Swing and the half pike for the skaters. Like there's just so much going on. So it's busy. I don't think everyone has as much on their plate, but it just, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's connections are different and um, skill sets, like what's more marketable. Yeah. And some people don't like the hustle. Some people want to be in the ongoing show. I think um, the show that I'm in now is perfect because it's only one a night and it's late. It does not affect my time with Zari. I can still put her down to bed. But I don't think I don't think Christian and I could both be in Cirque shows, for example, right now. It's it's very consuming with your time. There, there are so many hours and they could just add rehearsals and trainings when they want to. And it's a lot. So I think it's good that one of us has that super consistent ongoing thing that has the health insurance and all that. But I just don't think that could work with both of us. Uh, we wouldn't really, yeah, we wouldn't be with Zari enough. <laughs> I don't think. Do you feel like that you said the circus center used to kind of be empty and now it's like bustling because obviously the circus shows have been going on forever. Do you think that in the last couple of years, there's a lot of people, artists who have moved there, or do you feel like you just didn't see people because they weren't necessarily training their acts outside of this, you know, their theaters? Oh, I still think that people who are in Cirque shows, for example, don't really train outside of their shows. Theaters. Okay. Most okay. of them. I don't, they, they don't need to. I mean, cause most people that are at the gym training, it's because they're freelancing, they're hustling, bustling. Like, ah, okay. If you're in an ongoing show, you usually train at your theater and, and you're not, you know, I think, I think it's hard to be in an ongoing show, especially if it's 10 shows a week and stay very inspired towards your craft. I will say, I feel like a lot of people I know who are in those shows feel the need to escape on the days off and not be anywhere near a gym and not, and which is totally fine. But I, I do think it kind of become, becomes a job. Like it's like a job job. So I think I'm lucky with the balance that I have right now, where I have something that's kind of ongoing and then I have the freelance stuff and, you know, every day is pretty different. And 
Yeah, there were, because you mentioned this earlier, there were about, it was about two and a half months that Christian was home with us from like end of September to early December because he had a small meniscus tear and he got surgery, quick scope surgery to fix it. So it was so nice having him home because then it's like, we didn't need sitters at all. I could just take off and do whatever I wanted and in terms of work and all that. But, um, but yeah, well, since he went back, I had to kind of like adjust back to, oh, you and me, Zari, we, we got more time one-on-one. <laughs> well, there was a bit of an adjustment period to get back into that. It was interesting. Your mom life is so different from what mine has become because I've really transitioned for a lot of reasons, but I'm not so interested in performing anymore. Mm-hmm. I really want to build my business and build the podcasts and have um, residual income coming in from all different directions. Like I'm really focused on that. And so what it does, I I mean, for me, you know, Bean does a lot of this, you know, she's like, I tell her ahead of time, like we're doing a podcast. Right. And, and then she's like, where are we going to lunch afterwards? So she can Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. look forward to leaving the house. We get up, I make her breakfast. We do about three hours of me um, either recording a podcast or editing um, my admin work. And then, uh, and then we go somewhere and hang out at a park, go get some lunch. Her papa comes home and then I go teach. Mm-hmm. What is that for you when you, it's just you and Zari, um, you know, for those aerial moms out there? Because, you know, what do we call us? Because it's not like we're stay at home moms. Like it's not, but <laughs> it's not, that's not the word. But we are with our kids mm. mostly during the day. Like, so what's that day like for you? Um, well, kind of like I was saying earlier, I try to find those, those moments, you know, for example, if I want to take a class, I got my nails done where I can take her somewhere. It's good for both of us. I get a little bit of a breather. Um, she gets to go play with other kids and connect with other, you know, little ones. And so I also, something I recommend doing if you can is join a gym where there is childcare attached to it. I joined the EOS gym in town and I mean, it's, I think it's something like $20 a month. And then I pay an extra 15 a month to also use the kids club. I feel like Vegas is like so oddly friendly. Cheap. I know. Well, yeah. Family friendly. Family friendly and well, cheaper than LA. I don't know if those are the rates in other cities. Probably not. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Not LA for sure. But it's nice because you can sign up for a two-hour block and I'll just show up and listen. It's usually not because I feel like I need a workout. I just want a break. So I'll just go to the gym, <laughs> drop her off at the kids club. And then I usually go just sit on that bike. You know, the one where you can kind of lay back and you can be on your phone <laughs> and I'm just kind of scrolling or I'm on Duolingo or whatever. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just a little break for me. And again, she loves it. She runs in. She's excited to see you know, cause a lot of times she'll see some of the same kids and, and it's, it's really good for her. Um, also, you know, anytime the weather is bad, whether it's too hot or too cold or windy or whatever, there's some nice little indoor, um, kind of playground spots. Like there's kids town where it's just a, it's a little town. There's a little barber shop. There's a little school. There's a, it's like a, it's like a miniature town for the kids to play in. And there's all this seating for the parents. And no matter where you sit, you can see the whole place. So that's a nice spot to go to if, cause if I'm at a park, I kind of have to like follow her everywhere. Right. 
but it's kind of nice when you find those places where you can like sit. I never like appreciated sitting as much <laughs> until I had a toddler. I really appreciate sitting. Oh my God. So <laughs> funny. You're it's, so funny. You know, and it also just like your time, like, and I, I'm not like, um, I'm not saying anything against people who don't have kids, but I'm just saying, I feel like people who don't have kids aren't always as like thoughtful of my time. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just, it's just different. Like your time is so valuable. And, um, I just really try to think about what is good for the whole family. What's good for me and Christian and Zari. Um, And, you know, like I said, like, I think the date nights are important. I think having like your sort of nighttime bedtime rituals are lovely. She loves bath time. I can get ready for my show while she's taking a bath sometimes. I'm just like curling my hair, doing my makeup next to the tub and she'll hang out. She would just hang out in there for an hour if I let her. She just loves being in water. Yeah, my bean too. She just loves it. And then I like... For bedtime, I could just put her in her sleep sack, brush her teeth and put her in the crib and walk out and that's fine. But I do try to allow a nice chunk of time, sometimes 30 minutes or sometimes 45 minutes to just hang out in there and read. And I just, you know, we started reading to her when she was, an, you know, an infant and she loves books. And something I've been really into lately is just finding like books have gotten so much better from when we were kids. There were some weird books when we were children. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like The Giving Tree. I mean, I'm sure we all know like what's problematic about The Giving Tree. So like, for example, I found these books by Deborah Underwood that are um, fairy tales set in space with feminine heroines. So there's like Interstellar Cinderella where she, she's Cinderella, but she works on rocket ships. And um when the prince falls in love with her, she decides not to marry him, but she'll become his chief mechanic and work on his rocket ships. It's so cool. And there's one that's called Reading Beauty, and it's all about um, Sleeping Beauty. She loves to read. And it's just, it's amazing. I actually found this particular author because there was a quote of hers that was going around social media at the time when Simone Biles withdrew from the Tokyo Olympics due to, um, you know, mental health stuff. And there was this quote from Deborah Underwood that was going around. And then I Googled Deborah Underwood and I'm like, who is she? Is she a writer? And it turns out she writes these children books. Um, I actually have the quote. Would you like me to read it? Oh, please. It's beautiful. I just, I thought I would share it with, your listeners. Okay. So again, think of this in the context of when Simone Biles withdrew from the Olympics. She said, Oh, young women, you do not owe them anything, not medals, not interviews, not bikinis, not smiles, not compliance, not concern for their feelings when they push you, not politeness in the face of danger. You do not enter this world indebted. Please learn this earlier than we did. Plant your feet, sink your roots, fill your lungs with a lifetime of no's, be free. Oh, I love it. And I'm, yeah, I'm just, you know, so I thought that was beautiful. And I found her children's books. And also um, Tom Percival 
has these big, bright feelings books. And it's just all about emotional intelligence for young children, what to do when you have a worry, how to make friends, um, what to do when you're angry. So there's just like, there's really beautiful stuff out there. Um, Corey Dorfeld wrote uh, The Rabbit Listened, which I think every adult should read. It's all about how how to be there for somebody. And it usually being there for somebody, which, um, you know, anyone who's familiar with uh, the work of Brene Brown would know, but about work on vulnerability. But if you want to be there for somebody, it usually doesn't involve um, wanting to rile them up, wanting to get them angrier, uh, wanting to talk, talk, talk about it, wanting to... Um, ruin things for someone else usually it just comes down to listening and i don't know i'm just it's just something i've been into lately like just finding beautiful books to read to her and also i also know that i'm not very good at science and math so i've been also trying to find (laughs) books like i found like physics for babies and it's all about like a puppy in motion tends to stay in motion unless acted upon by an outside force i'm like (laughs) This is where I'm lacking. Like, because I found all these ABC books. She loves the ABCs, right? And there was, there's ABC books that were about the arts, where it's like, B is for ballet. And then there were ABC books that were science and math. I'm like, those are the ones I should buy. (laughs) To to balance things out. She's going to know plenty about the arts. (laughs) She's going to know plenty about the arts. Yeah. Um, What's normalized for our kids is so funny. Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's kind of like English and Spanish too. Like, um, there are a lot of things that she says in Spanish and not English, or she tends she actually tends to air a little bit more towards Spanish, which is great. And I'm like, that's fine. She, I'm not worried about her learning English. She's going to learn English, like, not an issue. <laughs> so, as much Spanish as she wants to use, I'm like, please. Yeah. Well, do you um, understand all of it? Um, I, you know, I'm just trying to stay one step ahead of her. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a really good way to look at it. One step ahead of the toddler. I mean, I think, I think if I can stay one step ahead of Bean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. She's always like, she's already like totally smarter than me in a lot of ways. I feel like, I mean, I'm being facetious, but how so she like gets it. I mean, they're sponges. I mean, you know, when before you have kids and people say, Oh, like around this age, they're such sponges. I'm like, Oh yeah, that is the perfect word for it. They absorb everything. And then it comes out at random times. Like the other day yeah. she started singing happy birthday. I'm like, wait, when did you hear like maybe like a month ago we sang happy birthday yeah. to someone and then randomly now you're singing it? Okay. <laughs> well, and then Bean will start using words like where there's a very much easier word to use instead. Oh, like, interesting. Like um, she doesn't like when the cars are driving around the parking garage when we go to the, to our car. Yeah. And she stops. She's like, Mama, the vehicles. Oh. <laughs> I know. The I'm like, the vehicles. Interesting. And, and she, yeah, she knows hammock. She knows silks. Right. But instead, she'll be like, where's my apparatus? Oh. oh. <laughs> so many syllables. I know. And I'll be like, she could have easily have said silk. <laughs> but she said apparatus. Um. She's thinking really hard now. They also have this like sense of things. Like, I don't know why Zari always seems to know when I'm leaving. 
Like she can just tell when I'm about to leave because she'll turn to me and she goes, ciao, mommy. Like, ah. ciao, mommy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she's usually hugging Christian when she says, she goes, ciao, mommy. I'm like, you seem a little too happy that I'm leaving right now. <laughs> cool. So mama's out there and admittedly after you have more than one, it gets way harder, but not even going there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Training. So how do you, how much do you train and how do you, uh, juggle that with everything, um, made slightly more feasible because you have a backyard rig, but it's in Vegas. So at least, couple months of the year it's not something that is so comfortable i mean year round i use the rig i use the rig honestly mostly for teaching private lessons okay and like in the summer i just make sure that i schedule them when the sun is not on the rig so it's in the mornings or in the evenings this time of year it's the opposite i want it right in the middle of the day when the sun's on the rig that's when it feels most comfortable i'll be honest and say i have not been training a ton. Um, when, well, I do take bungee class. I will say that. Um, I take the time to go take a bungee class once a week, but in terms of like my silk training and stuff, I do teach a bit at Las Vegas circus center like a couple times a week. So I've been trying to get in the habit of like staying an extra 30 minutes, 45, maybe an hour and doing a bit of my own training after just since I'm already gone. But it's one of those things where it's like, well, if Christian's home, I want to be with my family. Yeah. So I like spending time with them. I like going to parks with them. Like it's a nice, when it's the three of us, it's a really nice dance where neither of us really has to say anything to the other. Like we both have the same schedule in mind. We both have the same goals in mind. You know, when one of us is occupied with her, the others like doing the dishes or cooking or so it's just, it's a really nice dance that we have. I don't know really how else to say it. And so I don't like to spend too much time away. And so, but you know, I've been working enough or having like a rehearsal or a, a show or a whatever, or a gig where it's like, I'm in the air plenty. Um, but I will say that's been something I've been trying to be more mindful of is trying to, to fit little bits of training in. But what is funny is again, before you have kids, you can go to the gym and just hang out there for hours. Oh my God. I used to kill so many hours at the gym. Like sometimes I would be unmotivated and just lay on the mat and stare up at the silks. I know. And you could just hang out on your phone. You talk to people. And now again, it's, it's the value of your time. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's have a plan and let's go in and let's spend 30 minutes on this. Boom, boom, boom. Bye. Which I kind of like, I like actually the efficiency now of how my brain works with having a kid, but it is very weird. I, it's like, I can't remember what it was like not having a kid. Like when I think back, when I think back to when we were living in Berlin, I think, what did we do with Zari? Oh wait, we didn't have her yet. Like, it's weird to even think about that time. Cause I, it's so unrelatable now. <laughs> Does that make sense? And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's a beautiful thing. It's just a completely different mindset. Well, and life changed so much. I actually had a listener reach out via DM yesterday and she was like, can you point me to the episodes where you guys talk about the change of identity? 
into motherhood. And I was like, you know, I didn't do a whole episode, but like it does come up in our conversations. And I, I do want to talk about that with you because I think that's part of it. It's like before you're a mom, like that, the, the before yeah. and then the after. And for you in particular, cause for me, it was quite difficult the first six months or, or even the first year. That's so normal. Was that the same for you or did you, what was yours? Well, you know, we're in the midst of lockdown. Yeah. Like she was a full pandemic baby. We found out we were pregnant the weekend the world went into lockdown and we had her in November of, of 2020. So we didn't have work. We were just hanging out. We were just nesting. There was no stress. And then even her first six months after she was born, we still weren't back to work. We didn't, uh, let me think. I think work started back up like July of 2021. For him, that's when he went back to work. And for me, that's when work slowly started to trickle in. So I didn't have that, but it's because of the, these crazy circumstances that the world was experiencing where we were in isolation. And so it, I didn't have that stress. I had his full time. I had my full time, you know, to just be there with her. And it it was really, I was really fortunate. And, you know, we were also able to get the pandemic unemployment assistance and all this kind of stuff. I, so I never went through that, like the, um, any of the mental health stuff that often accompanies women in, in those early months. Christian ended up experiencing a bit of that, but it wasn't until he went back to work. And, um, you know, I won't talk at length about this because it's his own story, but like, yeah, he went through a depression because of the shock of the pandemic, the lockdown ending. He loved it. He loved lockdown. Who, who loves lockdown? <laughs> he actually really enjoyed it weirdly. Um, and maybe other people did, I don't know, but like, yeah, he went suddenly going from, it's just the three of us in our warm, safe little bubble from what March of 2020 to, you know, whatever, July of 2021, to suddenly being thrust back into a full-time work schedule, thrust into a a large group of people where everyone's mental health was affected by lockdown and, you know, and then being pulled away from your child. Yeah. It's, um, so it's not always the woman, I guess, is what my point is. Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't always accompany the baby being born. Sometimes it's going back to work. It could be, it could be either partner, it could be at any phase um, of, of having a child. But, um, but, you know, he got through it and I'm really proud of him and, and of us for like, you know, getting through it and coming out on the other side and. And, um, he's just a really, he's a really supportive, you know, dealing with that stuff can be a really, it can be a really hard thing, but it could be a really beautiful thing. And, um, but, you know, I do think in terms of identity, it is funny how every phase of the child growing is different. Like I actually had a a dream nay a nightmare the other night that Zari just randomly started breastfeeding again and I was like oh no you didn't like I the last time I breastfed her was on her first birthday and that was it and um it's just funny how we go through things like breastfeeding I was totally fine with it 
It's totally fine with breastfeeding her. And then now looking back, I couldn't imagine going back to it. Um, it's just funny. It's just funny how our experiences of everything evolve. But you know what thing I was thinking about lately that I think we should change? We being all of us mothers and fathers are the just weights. Because I feel like anyone who's had kids who's sort of like further along in the process than you, if you have a two-year-old, let's say they have a two-and-a-half-year-old, a five-year-old, a 20-year-old, any age. I feel like anytime you have something positive to say about childhood, there's this inclination for people to go, oh, just wait. Oh, just wait until this. Just wait until that. I feel like we should get rid of this. And I feel like we should replace it with, oh, my God, just wait until their personality comes out more. It's so exciting. Just wait until they learn to do this. It's so wonderful. I just, um, I don't want to be trying to curse people that are earlier along in the process than me. I want to always be encouraging and keeping things as positive as possible. And I think we should all try to do that. You know, and, you know, we're all, we all become quote unquote experts of, parenting right when we become parents but really we're only experts of our own child if you have any um advice for moms out there or um about to be moms out there who you know still want to be aerialists whether they're hobbyists or professionals um you know if you have any advice for those those those, those listeners and my professional i think that you know having that part of yourself waiting for you on the other side of pregnancy on the other side of having a baby i think it's it's nice to envision that woman um that person there waiting for you and waiting for you to return and waiting for your return with open arms so you know you don't have to say goodbye to that piece of yourself you can always return and you can return to yourself in a loving way. It doesn't have to be exactly the same person you were before. It doesn't have to be exactly the same skills you were doing before, but, um, but that person is there waiting for you and wanting you to return to yourself. And however long it takes you to come back is totally fine. And I just think being gentle and loving with yourself at all times and just fully embracing everything that's happening in the moment, whether your child is, is crawling all over you while you're trying to climb up the silk or, you know, or maybe you have some time to yourself to, to focus on your own stuff. I think that um, it's just all part of the experience. And I really, I really just encourage everyone to um, continue to show up for themselves again and again. Oh, wise words from, from Sarah. Um, hashtag blessed. <laughs> hashtag blessed. I'm so happy. Well, I'm, I miss you and I'm glad that we got a chance to talk today. Missed you too. I hope I can make it to LA sometime. I haven't been there in a while. Yeah. Or even us to, even us to Vegas. Um, come to Vegas. Come, come hang out at the show. 
Yeah, Sarah, thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, giving us an update on everything. Definitely, um, my listeners, I will... I will link in the show notes her her two other interviews so you guys can catch up if you didn't if you didn't listen to those. But yay. I appreciate you. Love you. Thank you, Care. Appreciate too. Appreciate you. Love you. Thank you for having me. All right, Sarah, thank you so much for carving out the time to come on the pod with me. I miss talking to you. I miss seeing you. Um, hopefully we'll get some one-on-one time at some point in the near future. My listeners, if you're interested in teacher training Silks 1, uh, June 24th, 25th of 2013, 2023. It is the future, guys, somehow. Uh, so, yeah, if you're interested, just go to the show notes. Let me know there. Thank you to Asa Watkins, sound engineer. And if you would honor me with a five-star reading and a review, it means so much. Just smash that five stars. Leave me a sentence. It means so much to me. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you to Digitant Podcast. If you guys want to check that out, health and wellness um, group of podcasts. And then also the other one that I do, Greener Grass. And uh, we have some really exciting guests there, totally different from this one, really broad. We talk about so many diverse things and have so many diverse guests. All right, my friends, I uh, hope you're having. Ah. I almost forgot. It's Valentine's Day. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day week. And I will see you next time over and out. This is Expecting Your Notes.